Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored, unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies and, and entertainment news, so kick back. Relax. And thank you for being part of the conversation. What's up, dude? How you doing? Not bad, not bad. Chilling? Yeah. All yeah. right. It was pretty great. It was pretty... I actually had a really cool dream the other night. What was it? I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. But, uh, but yeah, we actually had a new thing that we're going to try on the show now because, you know, sometimes since it's only once a week, a lot of movie news stories come out and we don't have time to exactly dive into all of them in detail as much as we want to, but we still want to address them. It's always a thing at the beginning of the week whenever we're deciding what stories to do. We kind of have mm-hmm. to bicker about which ones get to stay and which ones don't get to stay. So we decided to just do a new segment called a B-roll. And what that is, is we're going to quickly go over some headlines and briefly, briefly go into some topics that you don't have time to go into on the full show, but we did want to bring to your attention because I know some of you watch because you don't know about the movie news, you don't read the trades, and you get that news from us, so you deserve to hear it. Nick, take us into the B-roll. All right, our first story comes to us from Variety. The It prequel series at HBO Max taps Jason Fuchs and Brad Caleb Kane to serve as co-showrunners. Uh, the It prequel series currently in the works at HBO Max from Andy and Barbara Muschietti. And uh, Andy Muschietti directed both It movies and is directing the new Flash movie. Correct. The show is currently titled Welcome to Dairy. And HBO Max has given the show a series production commitment. Exact plot details remain under wraps. Aside from the fact that it will be a prequel to both It food movies. Uh, in terms of their content, uh, Fuchs has uh, primarily known for his work in features, having worked on screenplays for Wonder Woman, Pan, and Ice Age Continental Drift. What a collection This there. show is in good fucking hands. <laughs> and uh, Kane's recent credits include shows like Moonhaven and Tokyo Vice. Nice, nice. So yes, it prequel series, Welcome to Derry. Uh, our next two B-rolls come to us from The Hollywood Reporter and Collider separately but i'm going to combine them and you'll see why Mm -hmm. um ian mcshane and keanu reeves are set to reprise their roles as winston and john wick in the ballerina spinoff series yes uh not series movie um starring anna diarmas yes awesome because we had heard that uh based on the ballerinas and john wick chapter three that they were going to get their own movie starring anna diarmas so it's good to know that they're getting the main heavy players back in there. Yes, and what it says is Ian McShane is set to star opposite, so he may have a, a much larger role. Much larger role. Keanu Reeves seems to probably just most likely be a, a quick little cameo there. Yes. But either, either way. way. Excellent. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> that was good. I like that. I like that. Um, but that is it for our B-roll news today. Thank you so much, guys, for participating in the B-roll, and that's going to be a new segment on the show for those little stories we didn't have time to really dive into, and now we are going to go into the main topics of the show, and uh, Nicholas, before we get to the main topics, though, you brought up John Wick with that ballerina thing. How good was that John Wick 4 trailer, bro? That John Wick 4 trailer was rad. I'm sad it doesn't have a confusing, complicated title, though. Hey, there's still time. <laughs> they could change it last minute. They could. They, they always didn't have could. one for a while. Uh, no, I think it was just John Wick Chapter 4. Are they still doing 5? Because I know for a while they were going to do 4 and 5 back-to-back. I don't know. I haven't heard reports on that. I don't see why they wouldn't because it's not a not successful franchise. Yeah. Each one has made more money, and yeah. that never happens. No. But uh, but yeah, I just thought that that trailer was really cool. All right. So, Check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Yes, it's very good. So now that we're going to dive into the main topics, Nicholas, what do you got for us first? Yes, our first main topic comes to us from Deadline. 
Deadline can reveal that Sean Levy is in talks to come aboard to develop to develop to direct a Star Wars film. We are trying to pry loose details of plot and writer, but this we can tell you. Levy will focus on this one after he completes the job directing Deadpool 3 at Marvel and Disney, the one that brings Ryan Reynolds together with Hugh Jackman. Yes, yes, as we infamously freaked out about on the show. Um, Sean Levy then confirmed this news himself on his Twitter page. I love when directors do that. makes it so much easier. Like, yep, you got me. All right, it's happening. Yep, there it is. (laughs) Um, But uh, I I do want to say a couple things about this. One, good for Sean Levy. Good for Sean Levy. He, one, from everything I've heard, is a wonderful guy and is great to work with. Two, is a great director. I love Free Guy. Adam Project was okay. And while I haven't seen Real Steel, I've heard it's much better than I had any right to be. And I love everything he does on Stranger Things. I didn't know he did Real Steel. <laughs> I fucking love Real Steel. <laughs> Good, yeah. So it's, that's Real what Steel I, slaps! Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. That might be his best one. <laughs> I need to watch it. But, uh, but I'm really excited for him. On the other hand, Lucasfilm, right when they get told, hey... No more announcing Star Wars movies. They're not announcing them, but man, their person in the leaks department's not doing a good job either because all these new things are getting leaked out about these new Star Wars movies. But at least the article does confirm, like, he's doing Deadpool 3, which comes out in 2024. <laughs> then he does Star Wars. Then he starts on Star Wars. Yeah, then he starts on Star Wars. So this movie's probably not coming out until 2026, 7 at least. Yeah. So, but personally... I'm excited about Sean Levy doing a Star Wars movie. I think he is really good, especially in his Stranger Things work. He's really good at bringing things that are dark and heavy with things that are light and have and are fun. You know, like that balance with him as a director, I think is really evident. Free Guy's all fun. But, um, you know, I'm pretty sure he directed the season four episode with Max with the running up that hill. Yeah. And I think that's the best episode Stranger Things has ever had. And obviously the writing was great, but I thought his direction was immaculate. I think doesn't the Deadline article also say that he's also might be directing a few in the final season? Yes, he, he is going to be doing that. He might even do the final episode. That'd be nice. Yeah. Although yeah, I think the Duffer, the Duffer Brothers will probably do the final episode. He'll be. He'll do. But, a few, but he'll, do, he'll do. He'll do a couple. He'll do yeah. one at minimum. Yeah. Guaranteed. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think of the Star Wars film, though? Like, is that going to be... Do you think it's following the Skywalker timeline? Is it going to be an Elseworld well, type thing? Well, from what we know so far, the Damon Lindelof written Star Wars movie is going to be kind of the one that kicks off this franchise after Rise of Skywalker because Rogue Squadron's been delayed and Taika Waititi's. I think we're a few months away from the announcement that Taika Waititi's movie is no longer happening. Oh, I believe that. I think we are. And I think eventually Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie will happen. I think he just wants to get through Secret Wars. You think that is happening still? Yes, because they they hired a writer. They hired Michael Waldron to write that Star Wars movie. But he's doing Secret Wars. Yeah, so... So That movie's not coming until... A while also. 2028. Yes, yes. But the good news is Secret Wars will probably be written next year. Mm -hmm. You know? I'd like to see a plan for Star Wars. I think the reason why they're not announcing projects anymore is because at the next event, whether it be a D23 next year or a Star Wars celebration, Mm -hmm. I feel like they might come out and finally announce some of these going on. Honestly, I'm only two episodes into Andor, but give Tony Gilroy more stuff. I'm fully caught up on uh, Andor, and yes, (laughs) it honestly might be the best thing Star Wars has done in quite a long time. Probably since Rogue One. (laughs) I'm a Rogue One supporter here. No, um brief tangent yeah i saw an interview with tony gilroy where someone asked him about the uh reshoots he did for rogue one and he goes i'm not entirely sure my nda's up on that so i don't think i can talk about it and i'm like oh dude it's been since 2016 star wars <laughs> does not mess around no 
So yeah, but but anyway, I just thought that was funny, you know, going into Star Wars. But I, I think that Sean Levy is a great choice. Mm-hmm. I think he's really fun. I hope to see Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds in the Star Wars universe now. That would be amazing. But um, either way, really excited. I think it's a great choice. I'm being redundant at this point. I'm just happy that he's happy. <laughs> I'm happy that he's getting work, and I'm happy that it's in the Star Wars universe, just like my thermal detonators that, that were overpriced at Disney. So what do you guys think about Sean Levy directing a Star Wars movie after Deadpool 3? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Nick, what do you got for us? Our next story comes to us from Variety. Disney is actively looking to develop an Indiana Jones TV show for Disney+. Plus. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. The Mouse House and Lucasfilm has have specifically been bringing up the possibility of a streaming show set in the world of the globe-trotting archaeologist in general meetings with writers of late, sources say. They are still looking for a writer to take on the project, and thus, no plot details are available at this time. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that in, Nicholas. And uh, this was not surprising, but it is surprising at the same time, and that you know, you're not just going to sit on the Indiana Jones franchise after the fifth movie comes out. Not and, at all. And we know that this is Harrison Ford's last time playing the character. And also, I'm pretty sure this is John Williams' last movie. Ooh. Which makes me very sad. Right when they bring Superman back? Yeah, right. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, we have no idea what the show's going to be. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. It could be a reboot of the young Indiana Jones like they did back in the day, like that TV show that they did. I, I remember seeing things about maybe it being about um, Ravenwood, his um, mentor, and he was dating Marion Ravenwood, the daughter. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. It could be about anything. Either way, I think this is a good idea for Disney because I think they're not going to make any more Indiana Jones movies without Harrison Ford, and as of now, he's done. Do something new with the franchise. I think a reboot of Young Indiana Jones would be an excellent idea. Mm-hmm. W- what are your thoughts on this? The Adventures of Short Round. You know what? You're a thousand percent Obviously, correct. Obviously. Yes. I would watch that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Um, I never watched The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. And so, therefore, I don't really have an opinion on that. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. So I feel like that's a yeah. big ask, especially when we saw the reception to like Alden Ehrenreich playing young Han Solo. Yeah. So it's like, do you take the gamble on that? How funny would it be if Alden Ehrenreich? If it's Alden Ehrenreich? <laughs> Honestly, fuck yeah. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Um, and hey, it might not even be young Indiana Jones. It could be anything. We don't know anything about the show. Well, I know also in this new one... Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is playing a big role in it. She's playing his granddaughter. Yes. And she's a very talented actress That's and true. a talented writer. Didn't even consider this. And You're correct. could that be where we're going? It and could. And she was like, yo, Disney, what's <laughs> What's up? going on? You got some money for me? Yep, yep. And, I mean, she's a talent, uh, fantastic actress, so I would totally be on board for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen, obviously, Indiana Jones 5, so I could even be like, no, that character sucks. Why was she in this movie? Yeah, right. But... But hey, that's a possibility. I didn't even consider that. You're right. I would dig it. And you know, there's something a lot of people forget about the original Young Indiana Jones show. Hmm. It cuts to future Indiana Jones a few times. And there's an older actor, like a really old man playing Indiana Jones. Yeah. There is one episode, I'm not making this up, where fucking Harrison Ford plays Indiana Jones. Really? And is back. And he was filming The Fugitive at the time. So he has that really thick-ass beard. And he's running around as Indiana Jones in a random future flash, like in the snow. I'm not making this up. We can YouTube this after the show. That's right. There is an episode of Young Indiana Jones where Harrison Ford on a TV show was like, fuck it. 
<laughs> while while filming The Fugitive in the 90s and played Indiana Jones again. I didn't know that. Yeah, swear to God. I, I promise. You can look it up. I mean, there's no way. I mean, maybe they get Harrison Ford back to do For like some a stuff pi- on the that. pilot yeah. or something, yeah. But I don't know. It's an interesting uh I'd idea. watch an entire show about his friend that keeps getting lost in the 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 other countries. Oh, what's his name? Oh, oh yeah, I know exactly. Bring back Shia LaBeouf. I'll say it. <laughs> Call me a madman. I hope they at least mention him. That he's still a thing. In, yeah. the, in the fifth one. Because he was four, right? Yeah. 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 What if they kept that on lock? Dude, that would be insane. That would be actually insane. If Probably that not, was, though, because yeah. of all the... Yeah, yeah. 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 Although he's doing his apology tour. <laughs> he is, but I don't know if Disney would want to yeah, touch that with a 10-foot not. Goal. Probably not. Maybe for holes, too. What do you guys think about the new Indiana Jones TV show coming to Disney Plus, and what do you think it could be? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Nick, what do you got for us next? Our next story uh, comes to us from Deadline. Deadline hears that a global Zoom meeting was held for Warner Brothers Discovery employees Thursday morning on on which CEO David Zaslav introduced new DC Studios co-chairman and CEOs James Gunn and Peter Safran. It marked... it Ooh, sorry. Deadline has a lot of spelling issues in their articles (laughs) it marked the first appearance together in front of the company since being named to their post in october 25th awesome thank you so much for that and yeah we found out a lot of interesting stuff about that town hall meeting one of which being um james gunn confirming that all dc titles are going to be under dc studios which we had actually it would have been reported on previously that um, Joker 2 was not going to be part of DC Studios. They're saying that it is. Like, everything is going to be DC it's Studios. All one. Yes. Even the Batman 2, everything. Um, and it was also pointed out that he is going to work out an 8 to 10 year plan to make stories across movies, TV, animation, and video games. All one story. Now, whether that one story takes place in the same universe, we don't know. Probably not. I Probably not. Yeah. What happens after the movies of 2023 come out? We don't know. And I will say, James Gunn and Peter Safran are in a really good place in that they're working out the game plan and they have four movies coming out next year where, like, they don't have to worry about that entire year. Yeah. Like, they can start production if they wanted to at, like, the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. But, like, honestly, if I were them, because from what I know, I could be wrong. There's no rush for content. From what I know, I don't think DC has a movie coming out in 2024 except for Joker 2. I think that's the only one coming out in 2024. Peacemaker 2 is still happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And maybe that. That might film next year at some point. Yes. But, like, other than that, I don't think anything's coming out in 2024 because the Batman 2 doesn't even have a script yet. That's not coming until 2025 earliest, I think. Mm -hmm. So that gives them an entire year of stuff coming out next year and an entire year to write they have like two years where they can work on this before they have to start cranking stuff out right yeah so i think they're in a good position and i think that with this town hall meeting of them explaining what they're going to do and everything i think it's great and i think this obviously means you know we're going to get more of the characters we know and love because james gunn in that call did emphasize like superman batman wonder woman Mm-hmm. But since it's James Gunn, we're also going to get characters that we've never heard of and didn't know we would like. Because he also teased Lobo recently. And Batmite. Well, and Batmite was in Peacemaker, Peacemaker. Uh, as uh, I mentioned. Yeah. And Jason Momoa also seems to be excited about something going on, which we don't know about. But uh, he's playing Lobo, probably. Batmite. But, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I hope so. Just a voice. Yeah. Yes. 
But uh, but yeah, I think it's very exciting. What do you think about the whole town hall meeting? And is this a good sign for you about the direction of the DCU? I think it is. I think it's a bold task to try to include video games in it. But it's also yeah. really interesting because I don't think that that has been done before. Nope. Unless rumors are true about the Spider-Man PS4 character being in Spider-Verse 2. That's true. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm saying like, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying like... Like it hasn't been done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be an interesting thing to try to take on but at the same time there are people that don't play video games there are people that don't watch animation so i think to ask people to have to go in and watch that is kind of a tall order or to play a game Mm -hmm. so i could see it being like an elseworld type thing uh or what do they call it in dc elseworld it is elseworld okay Mm -hmm. yeah which is just their version of a multiverse yeah i could see that and then maybe they're gonna build up toward a crisis on infinite earth and then you can bring in like the video games. You can bring in all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But again, the the emphasis on unknown characters, I think, is really well, uh, especially when you have a James Gunn at the head and at the helm because he did such a good job of making people care about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he took all those unknown characters from the Suicide Squad and made me really care and invested in that. Like, why would I ever give a shit about Polka Dot Man? Is <laughs> beyond me. Yeah. Um. So I think that kind of stuff also might help to flesh out the universe but also not have to rely on like well why wasn't superman here mm-hmm. it's like well he doesn't need to be in a lobo movie you know that kind of stuff where it's like where are they on earth you know actually expanding into the cosmos of the dc universe yeah. i think will help a lot of like well why isn't superman just there yeah it's like well because because is yeah. a good answer question for you go on do you think at the next comic-con James Gunn and Peter Safran come out for DC and they make announcements as to what the DCEU is going to look like. Ooh. That's next July. And I'll be there. Next July. I won't be in Hall H, though. I waited 14 hours last time. I'm good. <laughs> Once was good. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think they'll have a full plan. I don't think they're going to come and be like, here's phases like yeah. Marvel does. Yeah. But they may say like, here's our first project that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Here's your Man of Steel 2. And after Man of Steel 2, we're going to have and maybe do like two movie announcements. Mm -hmm. But like innately, Man of Steel 2 means DC extended universe. But it's all the DCU. And maybe something else new on that front. And then maybe some announcements about the stuff we already know. You know, Joker 2, uh, the Batman 2, those kinds of things. I could see Peacemaker Season 2, maybe another TV show. Because I remember he was working on an Amanda Waller show a while back. Or working to develop that. That's true. So I think we could see something like that as well. That is true. That would be awesome. Either way, I'm excited. And the fact that they are already getting to work at it is just a sign of good things to come, I think. And they got plenty of time to work on it. I'm I'm also looking forward to the films next year. Because there's four. There's Shazam 2, Mm -hmm. Aquaman 2, not not in this order, The Flash, and Blue Beetle. I'm really excited for Blue Beetle. I'm very excited for Blue Beetle. I'm yeah. very excited for Aquaman 2. I yeah. love Aquaman 1, and I will fight <laughs> anyone on that. Go James Wan. As long as he makes money, we're happy. Absolutely. So what do you guys think about the town hall meeting that was held at Warner Brothers Discovery in regards to the new DCU? Let us know in the comments below as we move on to the box office. The box office. Nick, what were our predictions from last week? Ooh, our predictions were last week. Dalton, you had Black Panther coming in first. Mm-hmm. Black Adam coming in second. Bold, both those choices. Ticket to Paradise coming in third. The Fablemans coming in fourth with its limited release in California and New York. Mm-hmm. And the One Piece film, Red, in fifth. Yes. On my side of things, I had Black Panther number one. Risky move, I know. Uh, Black Adam in number two. One Piece film, Red, in three. 
Ticket to Paradise coming in fourth, and Smile coming in at fifth. So we both got three correct, but in different spots. Ooh, go on. So coming in number one, surprisingly, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I mean, who would have thought, right? That was coming Good for that movie. Yeah. Good for them. And also, I want to do a reminder. These are the Sunday estimates, so the final numbers could be different. But as of the Sunday estimates... Black Panther most likely might stay in one. That's probably a safe bet, though. Yeah. yeah. I feel confident in that one. Yeah. So Black Panther, uh, in its estimates, have made $180 million in its opening weekend. Nothing to to shy away from there. Nope. Nothing to be ashamed of. It doesn't have its whole budget listed here yet, Uh but it's it's around the 200 range, maybe late 100s, maybe a little bit past two. Mm Mm-hmm. Worldwide, it's already made uh, 330. It's going to do all right. It's going to do all right. It's going to do all right. Does it get to the billion like the first one? Maybe. I I think it might get to billion. I don't think it's getting to two because I think the first one got to two. Do you know what the first one opened to offhand? offhand? It was a little bit higher than this. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Damn it, you're going to make me look. Hold on. Before we get to that. You're fine. Um, that's okay. So the first movie made $180 million. The movie in second place made 8.6. And that was Black Adam. It's a big difference. Uh, worldwide, it's made 352 on a budget of 200 So it's at 1.8. It's, it's going to lose money. Might get to 400 but it, it's going to lose money. Some hierarchy shake, shake up there, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Um, but yes, Black Adam in second. Coming in third was Ticket to Paradise, making, uh, what did I say it made? It made $6.1 million. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, it has $150 million, which is crazy. And it has officially hit 2.5. Anything after this is money-making for that movie. Good for them. Good for Clooney. Good for Clooney Good for Roberts. Roberts. Uh, coming in fourth... Lyle Lyle Crocodile coming into the top five, only dropping 5% from last week, making another $3.2 million. How did that sneak back in? I don't know. Its worldwide total is now $72.6 million on a budget of 50. It's made 1.5. It's probably also going to lose a bit of money. Mm. But worse things have happened. And coming in fifth, Smile Baby. Paramount Pictures Baby. In its seventh week, making $2.3 million, worldwide has made 209 Crushing it. Absolutely crushing made it. Made just about $100, $100 million less than a tentpole superhero blockbuster. Yes. That's wild. Yes. And also, One Piece film, mm-hmm. I predicted it would have a big drop. Even I didn't expect this big. It dropped 84%. And but that happens all the time with the anime releases. All the fans go see it that opening weekend. I believe I actually saw an ad today saying it was already on Crunchyroll, so I could. Oh, see, like, that could also be a that part could of it. Play a factor. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's part of the reason why Smile's done so well because I'm like, oh, it's Paramount. Yeah, and it's a low budget horror movie. I didn't get a chance. Well, I probably can still see it in theaters, but I was like, oh, it'll be on Paramount Plus soon. And then it was like, it's making money. And they're like, it's staying. Yeah. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> no. But here's the thing. That's yeah. exactly what happens. Like, um, the longer a movie is in theaters, this is pre-pandemic. I'm pretty sure the rule still applies. Maybe. Mm-hmm. The longer the movie is in theaters, the more of the percentage goes to the theater. Yeah. So if a movie is in theaters, let's see, smiles in theaters, let's see, and it's seventh week. So, like, for example, the first week, for example, the studio will get most of the money opening weekend. Then the next week, it drops to, all right, now, this is hypothetical. Let's say, but this is normally how the scale works. Mm -hmm. Let's say the opening weekend, they've made a deal. We're going to get 70% of the opening weekend, the studio is. You have to be a really big movie for for you to get that. Okay. Week two, though, we get 50. 
week three, 40, 39, and then it goes on. So the movies will keep playing movies in theaters if they're doing well because they are getting more of a percentage the later it plays. Yeah. And overall, at the end of the day, the it turns out to be about 30% at the end of the year. Total, they keep about 30% of all the movie ticket sales. It's pretty good, especially for Smile doing that well. Yes. Fun fact, you know what used to be notoriously mean about uh, opening weekends? Lucasfilm. Oh, yeah. Uh, they refused to show The Phantom Menace in any theater that refused to give them 100% of the opening weekend. Wow. The yeah. balls. Yeah. They're like that. And what what theater says no? Yeah, They're playing gonna, the Phantom Menace. You're going to make Menace. so much yeah. on concessions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I also want to point out, I predicted that um, the Fablemans would sneak in there in the top five. It came in 15th <laughs> with $161,000. Interesting. But it was. It, I think it opened, it, it opened in four theaters. I thought it was going to be more than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, also I'm just, I'm curious. I want to see Halloween ends worldwide total 104 million <sighs> minions. The rise of grew worldwide box office ended up being 935. So close. So close. So close. All right. Hold on. I'm going to look up how much the first black Panther made opening weekend. Yeah. I'd be curious just to, to mm-hmm. see if this one's I in one eighty. I'm pretty sure the first one broke two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, okay, so it didn't make two billion at the at the box office, but opening weekend it made two hundred two, so it did open to two hundred. Um, worldwide, it made one point three billion. But here's the kicker: domestically, seven hundred million. That's cray cray. That's wild. And I believe in the all time yes, in the all time domestic box office, not international, like not total worldwide, all time domestic box office, it's sixth. Do you think that the runtime of this new one might affect? I think so. It might. It's it's drop off. It might affect it. And look, Chadwick Boseman, and also less show time, uh, less show times. Okay, less show times. Have you gone on these movie apps and seen how many of them are showing Black Panther you know compared That's to everything fair. else? That's fair. In a pre-COVID world, sure. Yeah, but like they're canceling movies left and right to be able to put in more Black Panther times. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, working at a movie theater sucks when this happens because you'll be work. Let's say you'll be scheduled to work two to eleven, right? Because mm-hmm. the last movie is at ten thirty, and you're going to leave at eleven. You're an usher, right? You got to take out some trash at the end of the night. Take a half an hour, right? Maybe a little bit more. Oh, hey, we got an email from corporate. Uh, we added an eleven thirty and a twelve thirty Black Panther. So now you're working till two. That shit happens all the time, and it sucks. And if you leave, you're an asshole. You know. Mm-hmm. Ah, trauma. Anyway, (laughs) that was the top five of the box office. And uh, I'll be curious to see what Black Panther's final number ends up being. I'd be interested, too. Do you think it's going to make more than Doctor Strange? Because Doctor Strange did open higher. Where did Doctor Strange cap off at? Let's find out. It got close to a billion, but it didn't get it, right? Yes. And I believe it opened to 190-something. Mm-hmm. So Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness opening weekend was 187. So just a little bit more. Okay. We could find out that it even passed that yeah, yeah. in the final numbers. But um, worldwide made 952. I think it'll hover there. It'll pass or it'll be like right around that. I okay. don't think it'll be. All right. Because right now the, the highest grossing movie is Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Do you think Black Panther beats it? And then I have a follow up. What, what's Top Gun at? Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. That would that would factor into it for me at least. Oh, 
I spelled Maverick very wrong. Top Gun Maverick has made $1.48 billion on, an, it, on an opening of 126 by the way. I don't think it passes it. Okay. I think Top Gun stays high. All right. Follow up. Mm-hmm. Avatar 2. Blows them both out of the water. I think so, too. I, I, I think domestically, it'll make just about as good as the first one, maybe a little bit less even. Yeah. Worldwide. Gone. Gone. Out of here. Especially yeah. especially after that last trailer. That last trailer was excellent. Yeah, I hadn't seen it until we it saw it right before excellent. Wakanda Forever, which yeah. kind of hurt the underwater scenes of that movie a little bit, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm very excited for that now. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, <laughs> as we do every time on the show, Nick, what are your predictions for next week's box office? Next week, I'm going to keep Black Panther. Okay. I mean, really bold. In first. Call me crazy here. Call me a little crazy. I'm a silly little guy here. Okay. I'm going to put the menu in second. second. Okay. We're going to drop Black Adam down to third. I'm going to leave Ticket to Paradise in fourth. I'm going to give the edge to Smile still. Really? I think I'm going to keep it. I don't think Lyle will stay in the five. I think Smile's going to... Gonna gonna sneak in there all right all right where all are right. you at on it i'm gonna go black panther number one mm. shocker yes like you i'm gonna go the menu number two. Oh. i will also say ticket to paradise number three i said black adam three. Oh. fuck it ticket to paradise number three. Oh. black adam number four Smile number five. So we just flipped the middle ones, right? Uh, yes, that would be correct. Because hear me out. Ticket to, Par- Ticket to Paradise has been dropping in the 20s. It's whole run, right? Yes. Just about, except for the first weekend. I think it was a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Black Adam has consistently been dropping 50, 50, 50 each time. So if it drops 50 next week, it'll make about 4 million. Ticket to Paradise is at 6. If it drops 20, also around 4 million. It'll be close. It will be close. I'm curious. Me too. I'm curious now. Me too. Mm. Me too. Mm. Mm. Interessante. Interessante indeed. But yes, those are our predictions. And what are your guys' predictions? Please leave them in the comments below. Thank you guys so much. But before we move on to our movie review, I do want to do a bit of housekeeping here. Well, we love to have you join and watch us on YouTube. We get that life gets busy. You're constantly running around, running errands, and maybe you just don't like to see our faces, especially Nick's. So for your listening pleasure, the Movie Nights Roundtable is available in audio-only form on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all other major podcasting platforms. Simply open your podcasting app of choice, type Movie Nights Roundtable into the search, and look for that big yellow logo. Nicholas. Dalton. We saw a movie last week. We did. Little 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 feature. Little, little indie. In, little indie feature yeah, here. Yeah. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yes. And uh, by the way, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get say this now. If you haven't seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever, thank you for watching. Have a nice day. After this, the show is over. <laughs> you can go ahead and hit, you know, come out now because this is going to be a spoiler, spoiler, spoiler review. Spoiler. Spoiler review of the film. And I'm talking to you, Dad, because he likes to... F- Bless you, Dad, for watching the show. But he feels like well, i gotta listen to the whole thing and i'm like no not if you because he almost got no way home ruined for him because he was listening to the show and i happened to be in the room and stopped him yeah because he was just gonna listen to it watch black panther first before you listen to this dad god come on jeff 
You're better than this. I still need to get him on the show with you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm going to go dive right in. Go on. I liked it. Great choice of words. Dive in. Thank you. Water. I appreciate yeah. it. Yes. I also liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I think about it around the same as the first Black Panther film. I liked it more. See, I think over time I'll like it more. Here's how I feel about it right now. Mm-hmm. I think the highs in this movie are better than the highs of Black Panther. Okay. But I think the lows in this movie, the Black Panther, the first one, didn't have those lows. Mm-hmm. I think they had different lows that weren't as low. And this movie does not have Chadwick Boseman, which is un- unfortunate. And the movie pays beautiful tribute to him in the film. Yes. But you do feel that presence missing. However, this movie does have Namor. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it does and it does have um, Martin Freeman back Everett Ross back doing the great things even though he was totally pointless in the movie and you probably could have <laughs> cut his role out completely if you wanted to I'm oh, yeah. glad they didn't don't get me wrong um, it, and this movie was a little long mm-hmm. I think there's a few sequences that could have been cut out because they kind of established the same thing more than once um, big highlights of the movie for me Angela Bassett who I'm saying it. I said it when we left the theater. Yes. She's going to get an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. I Mark my words. Angela Bassett is getting th- that nomination. And that clip will be the trailer clip of, have I not given, given everything? Oh, you know it. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know it. Also, dude, I love the scene when she's at the fucking Senate hearing. Oh, dude. And she's like, I, know, I hear the whispers. Their king is dead. Now is our time. And it's intercut with them kidnapping. Yeah. That was fucking awesome. Oh, the I intro, the Dormelage in that scene. Loved that. 100%. Awesome. Um, she was great. All the performances, really. I thought Letitia Wright was great as Shuri, who really had to step it up. She stepped up and delivered. Yep. Not enough Umbaku, but Winston Duke is always great. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone. Everyone in the film. Oh, Dominique Thorne playing um, Riri Williams. Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart. Denai Guerrera as Okoye. Of course. Well, honestly, might be my favorite character in the yeah. Black Panther. I always love her. Yeah. And um, the actor's name who they introduced for Namor, who's leaving me? Tinak uh, Huerta? Sorry for pronouncing it wrong. But yes, the actor who played Namor. Brilliant. Namor. I thought the action, most of it was good. There were some action sequences I didn't particularly love. I didn't love the one on the... It was Tina Cuerta. Okay. I didn't love the one um, during that intercut sequence we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I like the intercutting, and I like the fact that they were kidnapping the stuff, but I thought that action scene wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. The one on the bridge with the water grenades was fucking <laughs> awesome. That was the intro to the Ironheart Mach 1. Yes, which was loved that. Too. And I loved everything. I've seen some complaints about how Ironheart were used in the movie. I thought it worked perfectly in the story and thought it was well done. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I was talking to my cousin, and she was like, Ah, yes, this amazing scientist who can do unbelievable things and help save Wakanda. We're just going to drop her back off at school (laughs) at the end, which I'm like, okay, fair. That's fair. My only critique with that, too, is I don't like when Marvel has to CGI people Mm -hmm. because it doesn't look great. Yeah. Like, if you watch, like, even Far From Home, when it's just Peter Parker swinging, it just looks awkward. Yeah. So... In her Mach 1 suit, while it was cool, I was like, this is a little rough. Mm-hmm. But then when you get to the finale, when she's yeah. in the full Ironheart, I guess Mach 2 at that point, yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was really great. The final action, the action sequence, both Black Panther v. Namor. Namor was, was awesome. That was really good. And um, the whole fight scene on like the big ship was really great, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I got scared they were going to kill Namor for a second. And I was like, stop. No, don't do that. <laughs> And I really, okay, Angela Bassett's The Queen dies, which was 
Shocking. Unexpected, yeah. yeah. And I love the scene when Namor does it. It was great. But I, I dude, when he stabbed Shuri, I was like, no fucking this way, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Shuri taking up the mantle, and I've been very vocal about how I thought she was the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. But I, giving the movie credit, they addressed how she feels about the tradition. They addressed all of that and made that a part of the story and why she was the one to choose it. And it worked for me. And the conflict of like her not being spiritual because she's a scientist yes. not having to deal with that. Yes. Especially when she goes to the ancestral plane. Spoilers, and, where we get Killmonger again. Yes, yes, which was really well done. I like that, that whole idea. Mm-hmm. And her conversation with Winston Duke where she's like, I'm going to kill him. And you see Winston Duke's face of like, oh, no. Like, you know, this isn't good. And um, I love the synthetic uh, flower. Yes. Because it was such an integral part because now it ties into her trying to save T'Challa off screen mm-hmm. with that um, as opposed to, ah, yes, here are our reserves that we have. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really, I mm-hmm. like that storyline a bit. I also, let's talk about how they, with Chadwick Boseman, the cold open of the movie, mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Yeah. The Marvel logo of all of Chadwick Boseman, you could hear sniffles not only, but it was so quiet it was almost like a moment of silence. They didn't play music over they it either. Didn't. It's just clips. It yeah. was almost like a moment of silence. And you could hear a pin drop in that theater. Oh, yeah. It was really quite something. And the sequences at the end, like the flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, very, very tough to see. But I thought the film paid amazing tribute to him. Um, the mid credit scene. Beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm Prince T'Challa, son of King T'Challa. The MCU still has T'Challa. I love that. They're much smarter than I am. And Lupita right? Nyong'o like, yeah. just crushing everything. That oh she's my in. god! I still had hope when they were in the lab. I was like, please be let Lupita Nyong'o be the Black Panther. I was yeah. like, please a little bit, but I didn't hate that they. I liked how they handled it, and I didn't think I would. Mm-hmm. I also liked her dynamic, how she fought. I thought it looked very cool. Sure, uh, Shuri. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when she was scaling the side of the boat. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, okay, that go was on. great. Um, love how Namor got his name. Oh yeah, the child without love, oh. the the transition, or I awesome. forgot, I forgot the actual pronunciation. Amazing, dude, amazing. And the thing about Namor too is he only works if you take him seriously. Yes, because he wears his little green spanks, and he's got his little wings on his feet, and he's like, "Ha ha, I can talk to fish or just breathe underwater." <laughs> yeah, but when you take him seriously. Oh, they used the wing feet so well. They used the oh, and the style of it moving, yes. like the leaping. Yes. Oh, so uh, I love the the action scene. I think it's on the boat when he's taking out the helicopter, and it cuts down. And you just see the feet, and he just shoots back up yes. again. Yes, Ooh. awesome. Go and, on. And just casually, as if it's nothing, he just goes, "I'm a mutant," and I'm like, <laughs> "Like I was literally in the theater with you." And Pause. We were, and we were like, yeah. oh, uh, uh, "I mean, like we knew that." Yeah, but like he said it. And that means in the MCU, mutants have been around since the 1600s. Yeah. We're, we're building there because we also talked about Miss Marvel as well. She's mm-hmm. a mutant as well. And and the concept of uh, of um, Telecon underwater also having a second vibranium meter. Yeah. Meteor. Yeah. And them having all vibranium weapons as well. Worked so well. Yeah. And I will say, I'm one of the people, I, I really like the Eternals movie. Mm-hmm. I know not everyone does. I really like the Eternals movie. I will say, though, 
Namor and his people's reasoning for not showing themselves until now, I bought a lot more than the Eternals. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's a fair critique. Like, I, like it didn't yeah. even cross my mind of like, I totally understood like, yep, they wouldn't show themselves until now. But with the Eternals, I was like, I mean, you could you could have. Especially because it, it becomes more apparent too when you have the Eternals literally talking about Thanos. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so you're just blatantly saying you didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, the first pitch meeting with all the Marvel executives is, where were they when the Thanos came and attacked? And so that had to be a thing. Yeah. But yeah. And some writers in the corner are like, ha, ha, ha. Watch this. <laughs> I'm Kevin Feige. I'm Shut Kevin up. Kevin Feige. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, um, negatives for the movie. Like yes. I said, the runtime, it is very long. Um, I thought that the conflict between, I really liked the conflict between the two nations. And I thought when the movie was that, mm-hmm. it was working really well, especially with the U.S. government getting involved. I thought the side plot of. Martin Freeman and um, Julie Louis Dreyfus's um, Valentina Allegra Fontaine Fontaine character. <clears throat> Sorry, director. Yes, yes. Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. I thought that while it was great to see her, and it was a surprise, I had no idea she was they in the movie. They kept that on lock. That storyline, that extra part of it, seemed like it didn't need to be there. They're setting something up clearly for Winter uh, Captain America Four, and Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts and that, that stuff, yeah. and. Riri Williams and Ironheart. Well, I like the idea of her like being the reason why all this is happening. You can tell they had a quota of like, all right, make sure this, this, and this happens in regards to Ironheart. So when we start the series, we don't have to do all that shit. Yeah. She needs to go back to MIT. Yep. Yeah. Not with this brand new suit. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's interesting too, about her being at MIT and what's funny in a shared connected universe, but mm-hmm. with also legal legalities involved. Yeah. MJ, Ned, and Flash all go to MIT. Yep. But that's Sony, baby. Yeah, there's no way we're seeing them. No way. No, but do, but do you think there's any chance that in a Spider-Man 4, if MIT and that storyline's involved, totally possible. that Marvel gives them... Totally Riri. possible. Especially if Ironheart's related to Iron... Like, how it's like a derivative yeah. of Iron Man and t- and Peter's relationship with And Tony fan Stark. reception as well. Yes, of course. Which has been positive for Although, that character. I would... I love Ironheart in the movie, and I'm excited for her show and maybe for Spider-Man 4. Please have Daredevil be in it, just for mm-hmm. me, please. <laughs> See, I th- I think that, I like I said, I, I, I love Martin Freeman's character in it. I loved him in Civil War, the first Black mm-hmm. Panther. I feel like, set up aside, if you had just put him there, like he attends the funeral, mm-hmm. and then he just gets stuck there, roped into everything, mm-hmm. that might have worked a little better of that. Yeah, because he was still trying to play balance between CIA duties and that. Mm-hmm. I think that would have just worked better if he was actually just in Wakanda the whole time. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how they did with the first movie a bit. Yeah, exactly. Where he's still trying to be like, uh, mm-hmm. but I work for the U.S. government. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I thought the movie could have done better is when we get to Namor's backstory. Mm-hmm. It was him just like telling it to Shuri. Yeah. And I was like, all right. I mean, I like everything we saw, and I like the backstory itself. It did cut to, to scenes as opposed to... Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but it was literally... Instead of spending time with him alone... Yeah. And getting into his head, which we don't get into in the later in the movie, like the very, very end of the movie, mm-hmm. it's just, oh, by the way, this is my story, you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I thought that the showing his kingdom happened way too late in the movie. Yes. Personally, from a, from a pacing perspective. And didn't look that great. That was kind of upsetting because yeah. I thought that the whole civilization, everything about it worked except for yeah. the visuals of yeah. the actual place. I agree. 
Very dark. Yeah. I like the adaptation, though, of it being like the Mayan city. I like that. That worked lot. very well, yeah. especially to not like do Atlantis. Again, yes. Yeah. yeah. Also, how many times have we seen it? Even if Aquaman wasn't a thing, it's like, yeah, let's do something new. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed that greatly. Um, and his performance, I would personally, I, I thought he worked very well as a villain. I'd put him yes. up there. Th- there are a couple moments in his performance where I didn't quite buy it, but mostly overall, I thought he was great. But also, this was like an introducing type thing, yeah. right? So it was like his, it was first, his first thing role, ever. So. Yeah. Overall, I think he crushed it. Yeah, no. Overall, I liked the performance a lot. Yeah. But I, there were a couple times, though, where I was like, I think that moment could have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really like the character of Namor a lot. And I'm really glad that they kept him alive. I know I've already said it once. Yeah, but... I'm curious what their plans are for, mm-hmm. for him. And if there'll be another Black Panther movie yeah. after this. Or if this was supposed to serve as a nice little... Yeah, although, dude, little... I was so hoping when Shuri was going to kill him at the end. And they were laying there and she was standing there. I was so hoping to God that Namor was going to say, save Martha. <laughs> and I was so I excited. I his wings grow back. They they will. They better, right? They better. Or get vibranium wings. Fuck yeah, that dude. Can, like, he can cut an ankle with it? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Come hell on now. Yeah. Come um, on. Okay, do you, but you want to know what I'm absolutely stoked for in the MCU? Mm. When Wolverine is in there, and someone's going to cash offhandedly mention, like, are we going to be okay? It's like, don't worry. This is made of vibranium. Nothing can break it. And the claws just immediately go through as the adamantium. You know that's going to be sick as fuck, dude. It's going to be awesome. Listen, I hope that we get the Namor from the comics that just really hates Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Like, he straight up gets invisible, like, sleeps with Invisible Girl because he's like, no, fuck you, Mr. Fantastic. And I want that level of pettiness in the MCU. I hope so. Now, now here's my question for you. Let's mm-hmm. obviously we're gonna do a phase four ranking down the line. We want to rewatch that. That'll yes. probably be a separate video. Oh yeah. Let's just go right now. Let's look at strictly phase four movies. Where's Black Panther live for you? Based on having not rewatched anything yet, just movies. Just just the movies. Third. Third. What do you got? No Way Home and Shang Chi. Yep. That's exactly where I have it. Well done. Thanks, man. <laughs> I liked it a lot. If, yeah. I, if I would grade it, I'd probably give it like an A. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah, which is a higher grade I gave the first Black Panther. But I do, I do like the first Black Panther the more I watch it. Yeah, not like in spades as much as a lot of people did, but I still really enjoy that first film. Mm-hmm. I do think that this story, I like the story of this film better than the first film. That I know for sure. I think so too. I th- I think Killmonger might still work more Kill- as a villain. Killmonger was a better villain, but. but- I like water grenades. That's where <laughs> I'll grenades. that's where I'll put it. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, but um, overall, movie night's recommendation recommend Black uh, Panther: Wakanda Forever. A step I've I've felt rather Although, lackluster on some of the more recent MC projects. Yeah, so I I feel like this is a step up, and hopefully that trend continues into yeah. phase. Although five. we shouldn't really say recommend or not, considering it's a spoiler review. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, fair. And it's like you should only see this if you watched it. Yeah, so. Fuck what I just said. It's good, and I would recommend it. <laughs> even even though... Hell, if you just watched this and haven't seen it yet, go see it still. It's go good. see it, and sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we ruined That's it. on you. Yeah, it is on you. We <laughs> fucking warned you. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, if you liked what you guys heard today and you want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe to the official Movie Nights YouTube channel for weekly shows and movie reviews. You can also check us out on our social channels where we post updates, short video clips, and more. Those links can be found in the video description. Before we go, however... Um, there will not be a show next week. Mm-hmm. At least not the show in the traditional sense. 
We may have a special video for you guys that if that video is coming, I will promote both in the community tab and on our social media because we have a little thing that's coming. However, I don't know when it's going to post, mm. but it might, if we have the opportunity to post it next Tuesday to fill that gap for Thanksgiving, yeah. we will post it that Tuesday. So just keep your eyes open for that. Also, this will be the first time I'll publicly say it, November 30th, whatever day of the week that is, I don't know. That is the five-year anniversary of our first official short film, No More Safe Haven. And we got some of the cast and crew together and did a commentary of the film, watching it, reacting to it, talking about behind-the-scenes stories, showing our embarrassment, our pride, and what we liked about it. It was a lot of fun to retroactively go back and watch it and do that. And that video will be posting on the anniversary on November 30th, so be on the lookout for that. Anything else you want to add, my dude? Uh... I hope everyone has a nice Thanksgiving since we won't have the the, yeah. uh, the, the show next have week. Have a good Thanksgiving, have you good guys. Thanksgiving, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Again, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you in two weeks.